0: Welcome to the Our Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Okay, uh, we've got about half hour, so this is about, um, a, I think, yeah. This is like the older son in uh, the parable. There's never really I've not heard many speak about this older son, um, but this is kind of the religious. The religious son um, and I, I was this religious son for about f- fifty years, pompous and arrogant know all um, I was better than anyone else, and i 'd done it all and got the t shirt and I totally loved Jesus, like I said, but blinded by that the theology of that day um You know the religious people we just heard were deeply offended by what Jesus did and what he spoke, um, because it wasn't didn't fit into their theology. Um, but I I could understand a lot from this. Um, it said the older brother stalked off in an angry sulk and he refused to join in. He became bitter and would not go to the party. Um, not. A few years ago when we were pastoring in Cheetah Mill, we um we had the privilege to go and hear um Rodney Howard Brown, do you know Rodney Howard Brown? The laugh it was when the laughter started to come through the church. It's it's about um ten it's about twenty years ago. Um and We'd heard all about it. It was always on God television and stuff, so we, we all went to see it. And the only seats that were left um, were on the front row. And I normally I love the front row now. Love it, but I didn't like it then. So we had to sit on the front row. And all these people kept falling down and laughing. And he couldn't hardly stand up because he was just laughing at us. This is put on this, this is rubbish, this this is this is not right. And he came over to me. Oh my goodness! Now, I, we'd been to America that year, me and uh, and we were, uh, my husband. And we were part of um, we were part of Faith Ministry. Um, Kenneth Copeland, and don't uh, know Kenneth Copeland and Hagen and all that brilliant, brilliant stuff. And that's we that's the church that we were bringing up a faith church here, yeah? uh, and loved it. And he came over to so I would dress. I'd bought myself this flipping cowboy. <coughs> jacket, right, which I I felt right good in. I love clothes, me, love clothes. So I had this jacket on and I was all dolled up like to be his knees. And he come over to me and he he just put his hand over me. Well, I was rolling round on the floor and I was laughing and and I was saying, I don't want to do this. (laughs) And it was just completely, I was totally, totally embarrassed, but I could not stop this was real right and all the way on my prof i was in the car with our deacons and i was prophesying and i was seeing visions and it was the most amazing thing but i sat there <laughs> religious and them not happening to me and then a few years ago when we were in the church in uh, glenbrook um we had these two guys come Dave Vaughan and, oh, what's his name? Beautiful man. They worked together. They, they work separately now, but they were off the wall, right? And we'd paid for this weekend. John. No, not John. It, the guy he used to work with, uh, Dave, and uh, he's, on, he's into the mystic, really into the mystic, like, like John. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, if you ever hear this tape, love, I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot your name. <laughs> <laughs> so we got him for, for the weekend. We'd paid for the weekend. Rachel my daughter Rachel Rachel comes here, Rachel and I. And uh, they were sat on the front row. One was preaching and David was sat in the front row. And he kept hugging this guy next to him and laughing, laughing so loud and and I'm sat behind him. Paid all this money for this weekend and listen to this. And we couldn't do that. I can't even hear what he's preaching. And I was so flipping naft and arrogant. And anyway, it broke. I thought, like, Oh, I, I paid all that money. I said to Richard, I'll go home. I can't be doing with this. This isn't right. You have to be learn teaching and we're having all this happening. So we went and had our lunch in this room. And this Dave Fawn came in with his friend and that he was giving us his, his testimony. His testimony was amazing. I'm sat listening to him he was saying how um, strict he was in religion. His wife always had to wear black and, and she always had to wear a hat and then he, and he just said how he found God and how happy church is and, and I'm thinking oh he has come, something's really happened to him. So I thought, like, I won't go home and I'll stay. And you know what? It was brilliant. I loved that man and his ministry and the other guys. Fantastic. But that religious stuff comes on you, you know. This isn't right, you know. I'll tell you what, if you ever like that, beware. Because Dad will just intervene, knock you on the head, and you'll be... You'll be laughing like Andy was saying earlier on to me. Because if it's real, you will know. You will. Perhaps not that day, but you will find out. God never stands still. Listen, kids, God never stands still. When we were in AOG, and my husband got saved and we went back to AOG, and then we learned about faith ministry, they threw us out of the church because they thought we were witchcraft, Yeah. Yeah 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 we got chucked out of church and that's when God right did pastor and we come in. and we faith ministry is fantastic I'll never not that it's brilliant but God is always on the move there's always always doing something new you know people get stuck then the, the, Toronto was another major, major part of our lives. Uh, Knowing the Father's heart, trying to get to know the Father a bit better. It was wonderful. But you know God is moving all the time. And we are learning so much more. So if you ever get your religious head on, just, you know, just just keep calm. Just, you'll know, you'll know. Let God do it. Um... So, this older son said, Look, how many years I've stayed here, I've worked for you, I've slogged my guts out for you, and yet this one who's spent all your money, been with prostitutes, etc., etc., comes home and you throw him a party. What's all that about? And it's like the father said, You've been with me all this time, and you don't know that all that I have is yours. Because you remember when the younger son asked for his inheritance, what did he do, the dad? He divided. Between them. So he got his inheritance then. And he still continued to work the years that the young son was away because he didn't go six months down the line. It takes a, a while to spend lots and lots and lots of money that he had, you know. And he said, you, you, It's yours. You could have a party anytime. But this religious thing, I've done this and I've done the other. And, you know, he never understood grace. He never uh, celebrated Grace. It was just, and, and that was the same with me. It was like just a really nice sounding word. It didn't really mean anything. Uh, Grace, what a nice, what a lovely name to call your baby. <laughs> you know, sounds nice. It didn't mean anything. Um, he'd completely misunderstood who his father is. And what makes him tick, he has no idea. So if we look at this parable... He he said he divided it between them. All that the father owned had already been given to this older brother. It was already his. And yet the older brother spent all those years trying to earn it, trying to earn what was already. You know, in the Victorian times, um, uh, you see the films and you read the, uh, the history of it, 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 it reminded me of that, where there was no um, relationship with the father and the son. You know, they they dined together, and the, oh, oh, if you were lucky, you'd get to a certain age, you could dine at the table, but you hadn't to speak a word. Yeah, the, you, the servants brought you up. You didn't really much have a mother, but as far as a father, he was sir to them. It was never a father, and it reminded me a bit of that. You know. But that's not who dad is. That's not who God is. God is for this amazing relationship. Uh, Baxter Kruger um, says, and I'm going to quote this from, from Baxter. He says, The religious people of every generation fall into this mistake. They invent their own terms Instead of recognising their own failure and nothingness and then basking in the Father's sheer grace and living in his lavish embrace, they create religions, imaginary definitions, so they can convince themselves that they are good, righteous and loving. And things get so twisted and wrong-headed, they cannot come to grips with a Father who embraces and accepts fallen ones are a Jesus who receives them and treats them as all friends. They never know the real God and life in his pleasure. Their self-righteousness keeps them from seeing and experiencing his grace. They never join in the divine party. How could they? They do not see themselves as desperate failures who stand helpless and powerless to change. They are doing religion. I think that is so, so true, and even inevitable bitterness uh, wells up within their hearts. And when they see, this is how I was when I saw the freedom of God's. Well, I didn't know it was God's grace. I thought it was all cranked up, and it were and when people laid hands on people and they fell that, that they pushed them. You know, it was all that. And that was the theology, that's what I was, that was my wrong thinking of God. You know, I'm better than them. And, you know, we have to watch that. Even now, talking about me too, we have to watch, we don't fall into that again, thinking, oh, well, we know this wonderful grace, we know this wonderful love, how good are we, how, how better than am I than my church at home or my church, Oh, the church down the road, you know, beware, you know, that, that Jesus said something, guard your heart, guard it, don't fall into that because you're actually becoming that, you're losing your freedom and you're becoming religious again. You, do you understand that? Always be on your guard, always measure by his love, always rest, or oh, like Andy, sit in a chair and yawn, rest in him, you know, no, seriously, Roy and I are taking a rest. We are taking a sabbatical of at least 12 months. And God is showing us things that I'd never seen before about myself, who who I had, beco- who I had become. And it's not nice, you know. Uh, but, you know, his grace is wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And I am so enjoying this time. But not knowing that I, I'd put a religious cloak on again, you know, that i'm such and such and such and such you know no i'm not no i'm not i am a child of god i'm loved by him i'm cared by him i'm protected by him i am your servant yeah and I'd, it 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 was becoming the other way and what well, was not good but his grace is sufficient and and i am so enjoying this time um, I wasn't even scared of coming today. I was just saying to Andy, I'm always nervous of coming to teach or encourage or. But I wasn't a bit today, and that's the first time. And I've been doing this for about six years. First time. Because I'm so, I don't have to perform, you know? This is who, who, always be who you are. You are the best thing since sliced bread, we say in England. You are the best. Yeah, and you're learning that. That's what this is about. You're learning your identity, yeah? We were just saying that, you know, to be who you are and not put on your faces and for cat, We're here because of the grace of God. I'm not here because I kept this law. I'm not here because um, I teach United Destiny. I'm not here because I, I'm a, a worshipper. I'm not here because I'm a singer and I'm a really, really good singer. I love singing. I love worshipping. I'm here because of his grace, yeah, and all the rest is what he's done, and what he's made me, not me, it's all about him but i'm and I'm humble in that, yeah, shouldn't say you're humble, should you really but but I accept that that's the truth it's not because of me, it's all because of him, and you know what that just gives me a it gives me a boost. Because he has done it all. And all this religious... And there's his son, but I've done this and I've done that. And he's done this and he's not done that. You know, pointing the finger all the time. You know, and, and, and he, he just couldn't see his dad. He couldn't see his father. How estranged he was from his father. And the living in the same house. But he's estranged doing his own thing, trying to please... With all this stuff and not realising, you know what? You're my son. He's my father. And this unconditional and amazing love. So I'm not going too much into that. I'll I'll just wind this up because we are, we've quarter of an hour. So the question brings to the surface... um, what we might call our working theology. And this is different from the theology that we discuss in church or Bible studies. Working theology is our thoughts about God that really is at work in us and on us. It's the thought of the soul. What is our thinking of God? What is our working theology? Are we living each day uh, on this journey knowing that? you know what, today's going to be a good day, whatever. Because my dad's with me, and if I have any problems along the way, he's going to be there. That... Because what does a kid do? You know, children always go to mum and dad, don't they? Mum and dad have all the answers. They, they, and even when they make mistakes, you know, we just there to love them, and, you, you know, they fall down and bruise, graze, and we're there to pick them up. And... Well, you've got that... 24 seven even in your sleep he's bandaging you up he's you might have the scars but the pain has gone the healing has gone you, me, about five years ago god gave me my own personal sozo and i didn't even know what a sozo were uh, but he took me in this this house where we were brought up with, as children very very poverty strict we drink out of jam jars we were very very poor and we lived in this house which was had lots of blackjacks, you know, and vermin and rats. It was it wasn't good at all. And God took me in these, and He kept took me into each room in the house. But it went up and up, and every room was black and dark. And 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 so walked in the room, the light came on, and s- s- some abuses as it happened was happened in that room, but He was there. And the peace I came and, and all the hurt I'd had held for years and years just disappeared because he was there. Even when I was being abused, he was there. Now, that, that isn't, that's not a natural way of thinking. But it was supernatural and he was there. And he took me into every room where there'd been some kind of hurt, offence, abuse. Um, put it, my mum put me up for adoption, so rejection and seek had sunk in me. Nobody wanted me. I had to perform for him to want me. And God took me into that room and dealt. he was there. He was there. And it gone. Personal souls by Holy spirit. You know, all that. That is the love of a dad who wants us whole because the work is finished. Finito and we're moving on. Now, don't worry. Oh, I need to do that. I need to be there. You know what? Can I say from my heart, you enjoy your journey, even the tough days, because Dad's at work, and he's just doing that gracious, loving work inside your life. You probably don't get anything about this son, this religious son, and that don't matter, you know, if you can. When you look at the story, there's certain people, the, the youngest son man <coughs> uh, uh, probably add more impression on you, or maybe the, the older brother, who, the religious one, or, or maybe the father who was always loving it. You think, yeah, yeah, I associate with that. Or Jesus who was always speaking the truth about his father. It, it don't matter. The fact is, go away from here today knowing that your dad is with you you remember Jesus did everything he saw the father doing, everything. So when it says, Jesus said, I'll never leave you, I'll never say guess where he got that from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it from his dad. He'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. No matter what we're going through, no matter what's coming at us, he is your surety. And you just have to ask. You don't have to get sackcloth and ashes fast and prayer. You just talk to him. That's what praying is. It's just talking to him. Just talking to your dad. And now we can, because Jesus has made the way, hasn't he? He's made the way. We can go straight to the Father now. We don't have to go through the Holy of Holies. It's, it's all been the, ripped away. We can go straight to our dad. Oh, Well, that's how it should be, in it? My kids should always be able to come to me. I'll come to dad. I'm not going to say, oh, you better go to your father. You know, if you, if, if you want um, steak Diane for tea, go to your father because he's no idea how to make it. So they come straight to me because I make steak Diane and I make a beautiful steak Diane.
1: <laughs> I do.
0: Yeah, so we go straight to our dad because Jesus has made a way for us that you can come straight to him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us the Father. Thank you for revealing to us that we are your number one kids. You think, oh, she's bragging her number one. You're all number one. (laughs) You're all special, special children. You're all individual, and he loves you just as you are. You might be very quiet, subdued. Oh, awesome. He loves you. You might be loud like, you know, he loves you just as you are. But he's a dad right? He's not a million miles away. There's no separation whatsoever. We've got the best dad in the whole world. But but we have, haven't we? hes I I don't like to call him a patent, but he is a patent. P-A-T-E-N-T. Patent father. That's him. That's who he is. He can't change. That's who he is. And every father and every mother is based on him because he's mother as well. You know his mother as well, don't you? And if you don't know that, you will learn that. He's got mother as well in him. And he's yours. End of story. Thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.